It's time for another episode of Rainmaker for Contractors. Interviews and success stories with million-dollar-plus basement waterproofing and foundation repair owners. Discover how they market and grow their companies in today's economy. Hear directly from the most successful leaders in your industry. With your host and Rainmaker for Contractors owner, Bill Crawford. Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome. Today, we have a special guest, Ed Mitchell from Kentuckiana Contracting Services. Ed, thanks so much for joining us. How are you doing today? I'm doing great. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. Hey, I know you've been in the business a long time. I look forward to hearing about your company, your story. Can you tell us a little bit about the services that you sell and where you're at? Sure. Um, One of the things that makes Kentuckiana Contracting Services a little bit unique um, is because we do a a pretty broad um, scope of work. Well, we, we certainly do basement waterproofing, um, basement foundation repair, crawl space, uh, dewatering, waterproofing, uh, foundation repair. Um, we also do some things that other contractors that are around here don't do. Uh, we, we will dig out a crawl space to get to it, where a lot of other folks will say, no, that's too shallow for me. Um, we do, uh, we have a concrete crew, so we do just about any type of concrete, whether we have to tear out or put back for, for a particular job. Um, we do a lot of grading and drainage. Um, there's, what I mean is not just downspout extensions, but we literally go in and regrade the property, add yard drains or catch basins or French drains. Um, and just about anything that that falls into that, if it's in that basket at all, we try to combine those things and, and put a package together for our customers. I love it. You're offering a lot. I could imagine your company being really attractive because you have you have so many smarts. I was watching one of your videos and you were saying that you have the capacity to build houses or maybe you did. Can you say a little bit about your background and how'd you get into basement waterproofing? Yeah, sure. Well, I started... If we go all the way back uh, when I was 20. Uh, a couple of years ago. I'm sorry. Like two, three years ago. Yeah. Yeah. Around 1970. Okay. I uh, I went down to Florida, started my first gig in construction, was doing uh, structural concrete work of all things and uh, found out that I liked it. I liked building things methodically using my hands and forming and pouring with concrete. So that led to a whole 30 some years of, pretty much doing concrete work. But in the meantime, I worked for residential um, builders and we would um, we would do a lot of, uh, on the off season, the company I worked with would do a lot of basement repairs where block walls had caved in and, um, and kind of one-offs. That wasn't their business, but that's what they did because the, the, the gentleman that owned the company knew how to do that. And it was a way to kill the, it was a way to fill the winter hours. So I learned from that and, uh, so it was, you know, I didn't really even realize where I was going with that, but I learned how to do it, um, when I was in my mid twenties. And, uh, then I went on to move to a couple different States. I moved to Ohio. Now I'm in Kentucky, of course, and I worked for some really big, successful, uh, concrete contractors. And in the course of, I, I got to doing jobs, building jobs where I'd take a set of blueprints and they'd have 40, 50 pages and you'd have to digest it all and build the job based on very tight specs and all. But every job has grading and drainage. Every job has a little bit of drain tile or 
you know, French drain, drains here, drains there. And uh, so I was always working with that, even though I was primarily working with concrete. And uh, that led to owning my own company, uh, just doing structural concrete for quite a few years. And um, there's an evolution, as always, you know, different different things happen. And uh, I ended up getting into, I went, I've, I've answered a sales ad for one of our competitors and I was a sales rep for them for uh, almost two years and really got into the Corona round and the crawl spaces, taking a look at things, seeing things that I already knew, but seeing them from the repair perspective as opposed to the build it new perspective. And uh, I saw that it could be a pretty lucrative business. So um, as I learned through that, I met my current partner, Eddie Woodward. And the two of us kind of traveled the same path in a, in a couple of different ways. We worked for different companies, but we got to know each other. And, you know, one day about two years ago, we thought, you know, we were, we're both experienced business owners and we both know this industry. Let's just start our own company. And that was uh, February 1st of 2022 is when we actually opened Kentucky on a contracting services. And that's where the contracting services part of it comes from is that we offer other services. Got it. So you're, although you both have tons of experience in this space, you're a new company in a way, right? Yeah, sure. Okay. Good for you. Congratulations. A new business adventure. That's great. Um, let's see. So when you go into a home and someone's getting competitive bids and you're going against someone else, why should someone hire your company? What do you think that drives that they hire you? Well, a couple of things, um, both myself and my partner, Eddie, and our one um, sales rep that's uh, very good. We're very knowledgeable about what we're looking at. A lot of our competitors hire young guys, God love them, uh, and they're taught a sales a technique and approach. And, uh, you know, I've been there, I've seen, I've been to sales meetings with other companies and I see that the guys that come into the sales end of this are not necessarily brought up through the business, through the industry. And I think that shows through. Uh, that's one of the things when I go out to speak with someone, um, I try to leave them with no doubt that I do know what I'm talking about and that they can trust our experience to get a job done correctly. Um, we are not the least expensive, but we're not the most expensive. And we do try to sell our other core competencies, um, I guess. And we've got a great rating. I mean, we've got, I was, I'm using the same name that I used for a couple of years prior. So we do have a history with Kentucky and a contracting services that we've got great reviews. We've got a history. We've got customers that still call us from work that we did two or three years ago in a, in a, in a not basement waterproofing per se, but other, other work. So I think it's a matter of maturity, uh, knowing what we're doing and um, just giving the customer a sense that we'll do the job and we'll do it right. Nice job. I saw you had a 4.9 rating, which is outstanding. And yeah. quite so uh, keep at it, keep at the good work. That's great. I will tell, I will tell a couple business owners that uh two of the three less than stellar ratings i have i don't even know who those people are i never worked with them that's okay i don't 
I don't know who they are. Reviews, right? Yeah, somebody's throw me a couple of one reviews, and I have no idea who they are. Never worked with them. Never even saw them before. So you get that sometimes, and that's a bonus. You, and you get negative ones too. It's like, yeah, sorry, we don't recognize your name. Like, what are you doing? Must be a competitor. Yeah. You're yeah. Yep. That happens. Uh, where? So where are you getting your leads from? How's marketing going? You've been in business for what sixteen months or so. Yeah, well, I'll tell you that's the big that's been the biggest learning curve. Um before we started, uh probably a month before we actually officially came together as partners, I signed up with a um website development company, SEO company out on the the East Coast, and they were big. I just thought big is good, you know, these guys would be you know, the right fit for me. And I've had to go through a lot of a learning curve with um what website developers do what people in seo do what marketing companies do and um i'm a student of i'm a student of all that and i know you are you are too you've learned an awful lot prior to me i spend my weekends on the internet reading what other people have learned about seo and and all the rest and honest to god when we started this company i didn't know what a backlink was now i know what a backlink is all right I know what um, I, I knew what organic search was, but I didn't know how you had what you had to do to put it all together to get organic. Um, we we did all right from the very beginning. We were very fortunate. The company we went with at first put a decent website together. Um, they did some paid Google ads for us, and we started to get some calls. And I'm thinking, hey, all's good, everything's going well. And then as we tried to, you know, as we learned a little bit and tried to tweak our presence online come to find out that our first website developer had some kind of a proprietary program that they built their our website from and there were a lot of things they couldn't do to speed it up or you know get it to the point where i knew now we had to get it to so um and we knew that obviously the we, we tried a few other things but we knew that the internet was where we had to put our our our, our money so um we learned, I learned, trained my partner, not trained him, but, you know, educated everybody because this became my mission. And uh, we finally found through a referral from another concrete, I'm sorry, basement waterproofing contractor who's in another state that kind of turned us on to this new company that does um, website design, SEO. And in fact, we had a, a once a month meeting with them this morning at uh, this afternoon at one o'clock. And uh, finally, somebody you can talk to. I mean, they're talking the same language. However, before I couldn't talk the same language because I didn't know the language. So it was pretty much on me. And and I feel that anyone who doesn't, boy, anyone who doesn't earn, learn the language of SEO and and um, uh, organic and uh, paid pay-per-clicks and all the things, there's a myriad of things that come with it. Any business owner that doesn't, have someone or learn it themselves can spend a lot of money and, you know, do a lot of spinning wheels. Yeah, absolutely. So I'm guessing the majority of leads are coming from the internet, maybe from paid ads, local yeah. SEO and so yeah. on. We've got, yeah, we, we tried, we tried TV. We tried um, these flyers that go out to, you know, 40,000 homes. Mailers. And, yeah. Yeah. Flyers and things. And all of them had a a little something, but 
we couldn't, you know, each of them has a pretty hefty price tag. So we couldn't afford to keep trying what wasn't working as well. We had to sit with what we knew was working. So we pretty much all put all our eggs in one basket and, uh, but it's working. We've got, we're getting decent response. You know, the thing about marketing is you never really know if it could be better. How do you know if your SEO company could be doing a little better? And that's why I quiz them now. I want to know what are we doing about this? What are we doing about that? You know, how, how, where's our goal for next month? So I feel a lot more educated than I was before and before. You know, a lot of, uh, for younger people, that technology kind of some comes uh, like breathing to them. It's not a big yeah. deal. Yeah. Uh, you know, for people over 50, it doesn't always come fast. And sometimes they're like, ah, let someone younger figure it out. So I appreciate it. I respect that you jumped into it yourself. I got yeah. a quick Mallard story to share with you. You know, I owned a franchise and I was really, really encouraged for a while, at least a year to start doing mailers. And I was struggling because it's, you know, it's a $5,000 price tag. And everyone says, if yep. you got to do mailers, you got to do it, you know, three months in a row. So I'm like, okay, you're asking, you now this is like, like what, 25 years ago, you're asking me to drop, you know, 15,000 on a mailer. I don't even know if it's going to work. Right. Um, yep. And mailers kind of like hit and miss. It's kind of like having a booth at a show or event if it rains that day or something. So anyway, I did it like very, very reluctantly. And it turned out that was my best lead source for a long time, probably 10 years. I dropped 10 million mailers per year, nine or 10, uh, a million, a million a month to house, to homeowners only. That was a great lead source for a while. And then it it tanked, you know, like 2008. And that's yeah. when I really learned about the internet. But uh, well, there's, I've, I've, I've been in enough markets with enough different businesses to realize what works in one market may not work. If you got a lot of competition here, that may, you know, if you, if you open the mailer and there's two other or three other competitors in that same pack of mailers. That's right. Yeah. A yeah. Tough. Hey, when do you find during your day that you say like, gosh, I love what I'm doing. Like, this is great. And you really feel alive. I mean, really, I, I'm always been a morning person. I feel that way the minute I wake up. I mean, I mean, all of the parts of this business are um, just natural. They just kind of flow because if you've been doing something as long as I have and worked on as many things as I have, it's just kind of the decisions aren't really very few things are the first time you've ever seen it. So is it, there's a, there's a good thing in, in having experience where nothing really rattles you or uh, just one of those again. And yeah. here's how we solve it. You know? Um, so that feels good. Plus um, we were able to get the business up and going within just a few months without struggling for, you know, the, the early startup struggles. So everything kind of fell into place, um, went through a lot of employees the first three or four months. And, uh, that's that's one thing I would uh, I I always have felt um, I had a company with a hundred employees prior to this and one thing you learn is you keep the good ones and the rest of them have to go yeah. and, uh, and that's just been a business philosophy of mine and uh, it bodes well when you only got ten or twelve employees because you can't keep too many of them around unfortunately they aren't pulling their weight uh, but I love it I love everything about it. I still go out on sales calls. I um, I I can't get in the crawl spaces anymore. Uh, 
my aches and my pains start showing up too quick. So we got younger guys for that. You might not come out. Maybe get in there, right? I've had a few of those where I question whether I was going to get out. Yeah. It may sound silly, but wait till you get a little older and try crawling in those crawl spaces. That's so fun. Uh, I play basketball and I try to, I play in the average age is probably 27 and uh, I try to keep up with those guys. Um, speaking of employees, what do you do to try to take care of your employees as well as motivate your employees? Sure. Um, well, having, I think, I think part of it is having been an employee for so many years for other people, I can relate, you know, both my partner and I, we relate, um, to where they're coming from. Um, we, I, I mentioned turnover before, but for the last seven or eight months, we've had the same guys. We've got a good group of people. We keep them, you know, you have to pay people, right? Um, and that's certainly a big part of it. Um, we have not turned a corner yet where we're paying a whole lot of benefits, things like that. It, it, we're just not there yet as a, as a, as a small business. Um, we tr again, we try to treat the guys right. They need some time off. They need a week off. They need this. They need that. You know, personal stuff. We're very accommodating to that. Um, we, we try to be firm. And when we're here, we're working. But if you got something else that you have to do, we'll work around it. Um, I think uh, trying to have a respectful relationship with your employees mm -hmm. is, is very important. We don't consider anybody just just a laborer. We're trying to train every single employees we have here, just to try to get a little better at something each week. Um, hopefully they appreciate that. Um, yeah. um, other than that, it's, we all know there's a formula to it. It's getting good guys to begin with. We don't allow any, any bad apples because um, one bad apple, Dr. Claus problem. So I, I make sure I tell them all, you're not going to have any bad apples, sir. So um, they know if three guys go out, all three of them are going to be working. Yeah. Got it. The other you know, word respect really pops out to me and that goes. Away. Yeah. Yeah. It's a mutual, it's a mutual respect, I believe. Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. Circling back to your reviews, 4.9 rating. I know a lot of companies struggle with getting their rating up. You doing anything special to get so many reviews in such a high rating? Well, we'd like to get more, of course. We feel like we do a good job, but, you know, <laughs> I can be driving down the road one day and I'll get a phone call and it'll be a very unique phone call. One of our customers calls me personally and says, Ed, I just got to call you. Boy, you guys did a great job. I mean, I just felt compelled to call you and let you know what a great job they did and how polite they were. I get off that line and about an hour later, I get a call from a customer that says, well, my guys were the rudest or sloppiest company they've ever seen. And I'm thinking, am I, did I just enter a twilight zone or what? And, you know, people are people um, and sometimes jobs are kind of dirty. You know, some jobs are, you can't help, but that it's a dirty job we had to do to get it fixed. I think what we try to do is, you know, we, we've, we ask for reviews. I always ask if my, if I've sold the job, I always, um, when we're completed, I ask my customer, would, you know, would you be all right? Or would you mind giving us a, a good review? And we send them the link and uh, to give us a review. Um, we used uh, Podium for a while uh, to get reviews. Since we switched over to a 
the new SEO company, we have another process to get reviews where we ask for the review. You have to ask for the review. I you can't it. just, yeah, you got to ask for it because probably one out of 25 or one out of 30 will give you a good review, even if you ask for it. So, um, you know, I've, I've had, uh, I've had fairly good luck with it. Um, and we've only been in business, but about 20 or 30 of those reviews I had coming into this. Sure. So we didn't get 60 some reviews in, in one year, but, um, you have to, uh, you have to make sure the customer's as satisfied as you can at the end. And, and fortunately we don't, we don't get a lot of bad reviews. So that doesn't, you know, doesn't bring it down. Sure. I like asking this question. Uh, you've been a business owner for a while. Can you think of a time when something happened? And at the time you thought this is a disaster and you worked through it and you got your learns and it actually made you a better company or a better owner and it worked out in the long run. Sure. I mean, um, it's, I've been around, I've been around through some cycles. Um, I was in Florida when the, when the, uh, oil embargo, the gas crisis hit, I was 1973 and the whole construction world stopped. It went from Broward County, um, Florida went from being the fastest growing County in the country to, you couldn't buy a job within six months. Wow. Then of course that came around and, the country turned around and we all came out of it. Then, uh, you know, 20 you know, in the 1980s, interest rates went up to 22% when uh, new home uh, purchases, everything around us started to slow down and stop. And you think, oh my God, this is going to be the end. And you work your way through it, you work your way out of it, and the whole country, you know, comes back around. Um, then you had 9 11. Everyone thought the whole world was going to end again. A lot of people quit. The banks quit loaning money on jobs. There was a lot of things that happened that were in the construction business that happened below the radar. And uh, people thought, no, man, we're never going to have, you know, we don't know what's going to happen. This is going to be terrible. And uh, we're never going to get a job again. But I saw that happen in that past. And then we had 2008, you know, the housing market dropped. And, uh, oh, my God, this is terrible. We're never going to, you know. Construction's over. We're never going to build thing, anything again. We work through that. So but basically the point is, is that um, you, you see things that seem that are really important at the time. And they were really big events. They were literally national events. And you thought, oh my God, you know, my, the company I'm working for or, or the company I own is, is going to go, you know, you know I'm going to lose everything. Um, but yet, if you persevere, I, I I love the word perseverance. You just keep plugging away, try to do the next right thing. You don't you don't get you know, you just work your way through it very methodically. Keep plugging away, keep plugging away. Sometimes you have to change direction a little bit. Sometimes you can't do exactly what you were doing before. But you have to be open to maybe you know try a few other things with the skill set that you have. But I think that's it. Not much. You know, when you've been through enough cycles like that, you realize it's it's all just temporary, and it'll all it'll all come back around eventually. Adapt, modify, learn, yeah. grow. Yeah, absolutely. That's great. Hey, last question for you: What advice would you give to anyone new getting into basement waterproofing? 
Yeah, anyone getting new, it's, it's a great industry. It's a great business to be in. Uh, certainly, I've watched some people's videos that got into it and knew nothing about waterproofing before. There's some, I won't mention any names, but there's a couple guys I'm thinking out of Tennessee that are doing fantastic, never did anything like that before. And they're selling franchises to people that have never, per se, have, have a background in this business. For me, I, I it's hard for me to, it's hard for me to imagine getting into something without some background. So you want to have some background in it because everything is going to seem, everything is going to seem hard if you haven't seen some of it before. I think you definitely anymore want to be um, tuned to um, SEO website or, you know, your website design SEO and have all of that packaged up before you start, if you can and really have that, understanding and the third thing would be to um really start out with a good budget and try to stick to it okay so i have enough money saved up to be able to spend on marketing to get the leads coming in so you could sell. yeah it takes uh you know it, it, it's proportionate to how big you want to start out but it's going to take some money to get you started um and you can't be you can't be surprised by that yeah that's awesome and thank you so much for your time today. It was great to hear about your story and your company. Wish you the best. Bill, thank you so much for having me on. Look forward to watching the rest of the stuff that you do in the future. Awesome. Thank you. You've been listening to the Rainmaker for Contractors podcast, where basement waterproofing and foundation repair business owners and industry experts share marketing and sales information that helps you reach more customers. Please leave us a review on iTunes or your favorite podcast platform and get all of our show notes at rainmakerforcontractors.com slash podcast.